Well, good evening, church. Man, it's such a joy that we get to gather in this place tonight. I was telling someone earlier that this truly is uh, one of my favorite nights of the year, the chance that we get to gather in this place on a Sunday night and celebrate the Christmas season together and sing these songs. And in a few moments, we'll light our candles, and it will be an incredible and a joyous moment. And, and I'm just glad that we get to, to be here and to gather tonight. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite parts of Christmas are the Christmas movies. Can I get a show of hands? How many of you love the Christmas? And I'm, when I say Christmas movies, I'm talking about the good ones, all right? Now, maybe we need to clarify. I'm talking about the good ones. I'm talking about the classics. I'm talking about, you know, uh, all the, the, you know, Santa Claus movies. I'm talking about Home Alone. I'm talking about The Grinch. I'm even talking about the claymation ones with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman. I'm talking about all of those. I love I love getting together with the family and sitting around and watching the Christmas movies, snuggling up and watching the movies that we've watched a hundred times. It's just a real joy every year during this time of year to get to do this. What I'm not talking about are these newfangled movies that my wife and my daughters have started watching. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They're invading our homes. They're coming in. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Hallmark Christmas movies. I thought Hallmark. really have no idea. And I don't know why people like them. I mean, they have different actors, but every movie is the same movie. You just watch it over and over again. I mean, there's, there's a girl, and then there's a boy. And this boy over here, he's well off, and he's well-to-do. And not to, spoiler alert, this is not the one she's going to end up with. She's going to end up with the other one that doesn't make as much money. He owns a local diner, or he takes care of pets, or he owns a farm. I don't know. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle of the movie, there's tension, there's drama, and you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? But you know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> At some point, snow is going to fall. There's going to be a shooting star. You're going to see yourself in an ornament. <laughs> Within 90 minutes, the entire thing's going to be resolved, and the right girl's going to end up with the right boy, and they're going to kiss, and it's going to be magical, and everyone's going to live happily ever after. Merry Christmas. Oh, let's watch another one. <laughs> Come on. You're killing me, Hallmark. But maybe this is why we enjoy these movies, right? Because we know, no matter what the tragedy is, no matter what the crisis is, no matter what happens right there in the middle, within 90 minutes, it's all going to be resolved, and everyone is going to live happily ever after. And maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's, that's the draw. Well, it is Christmas. Malachi, will you hand me that real quick right there beside you? It is Christmas, and I thought tonight, you know, as we kind of get really into the Christmas season, it, it really wouldn't, wouldn't be a Christmas experience if we didn't have a present and maybe a gift to open. So tonight, I, is it okay with you guys if we do just one present tonight? Are y'all good with that? Everybody good with that? All right, so this present... It's for my wife, Alicia, and she doesn't know about this, but Alicia, if you'll come on stage, would you like to see Alicia open a present tonight? So, yeah. As you can clearly tell, I wrapped this myself. <laughs> so this is a little something I've been thinking about, been praying about, and... Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, open that up. Okay. Yeah, a little, little Christmas present here. Everybody's, the suspense is killing them. They're kind of leaning in. What's it, what's it going to be? Don't talk about that. It's, I wrapped a present. It's, Surely may have known about this, but that's neither here nor there. 
This is something I picked out. I think that Alicia's really going to enjoy. Let me help you. Don't be scared. Nothing's going to jump out. Just, just drop it. That's good. <laughs> we need to show everybody what you got here, baby. This is, this is a Hallmark Christmas bingo game. Now, the, let's look at play Hallmark Christmas bingo. Everybody gets a different card. And... Um, <laughs> someone drinks hot coke. Uh, a couple's first kiss. Blue dot for that one. Um, what else we got? An angel appears. Yeah, that happens. Yep. A shooting star. Yep, that would be one. Um, green grass with snow falling. Definitely a Hallmark movie. A room, a room full of lit candles. Definitely a sweater with elbow patches. That's how you know. There you go, baby. Merry Christmas. Unfortunately, we're going to be playing that later at our house. Thanks. She even cleaned up. This is amazing. It's going to be my job on Christmas. Uh, the truth is, we we live in a world that's really not at all like a Hallmark Christmas movie. And you get this. We, we talk about this a lot. We live in a world where the tension isn't resolved within 90 minutes or less. We wish it would. Sometimes the tension lasts a lot longer. Sometimes the trouble lasts a lot longer. Sometimes the hardship lasts a lot longer. And sometimes we're in the middle of the mess for a lot longer. And we just don't know. We don't always know how it's going to end up. It's not like a Hallmark Christmas movie, and we're not really all the time convinced or even sure that we're going to live happily ever after. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, sometimes we just don't know. I think that that's kind of how Mary probably felt. And I know sometimes we rush through and reread through the Christmas story like we've done a hundred times before, and I think because we know how the story ends, that maybe we just don't feel the tension that that Joseph and Mary and all those who are a part of the story had to feel in the moment. Because if you just, if you just walk back into the, to the story and you try to experience it for the first time and you try to think, what, what did Joseph feel? What did Mary feel? What are the people that were living into this moment? What, what did they feel? You realize there's a lot of uncertainty. The future was incredibly unclear. Mary had just received a visit from the angel Gabriel, and Luke tells us, as he tells a story, that just a few days after that visit, maybe it, was a, maybe it was, you know, Monday she got the visit and Thursday she heads out, or maybe it's the next week, we don't really know, but a few days later, after Mary has an encounter with the angel Gabriel, she leaves her hometown of Nazareth, and she goes to another village where her cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah live. She goes there because the angel Gabriel told her in the middle of telling her that she's about to have a child, that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her and she's going to conceive a child within here that will be called the Son of God. In the middle of that whole conversation, the angel Gabriel also tells her that her, her cousin Elizabeth is already with child. And Mary knows that's, that's really next to impossible if nothing else, because of her age, Zechariah, Elizabeth, they are advanced in years. They are past the childbearing years. And Elizabeth has lived her entire life up to this point without a child. And in her day and her time and her culture, like we've talked about before, she's lived in shame because of that. Because she hasn't been able to have any children. 
So Mary has this experience, this encounter with the angel Gabriel, and a few days later, she goes to the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth because you know if anyone would believe what just happened to her, who would it be? It would have to be Elizabeth. Mary doesn't know what's going on with her, but she knows this is all tied together somehow because of what the angel said. And if anybody would understand what Mary has just experienced, maybe Zechariah will, maybe Elizabeth will. So Mary gets there, and she walks in the front door of Zechariah and Elizabeth's home. And when she walks in, Luke says that the, you heard us read it, that the child, the, the baby, the, the, within Elizabeth's womb, it, it, it leaps, it jumps. Elizabeth feels it. And if Mary needed confirmation that all of this was real, that all of this was true, that God was up to something, in that moment when, when she saw Elizabeth's face, she knew, oh, this, this is real. If Elizabeth needed confirmation, remember, she hadn't seen an angel yet. Mary, she had seen Gabriel in Nazareth just a few days before. Zechariah, months before, he'd been in the temple, and he had seen an angel. And after that day, he couldn't talk. He was left speechless. All Elizabeth knows is he came home that day. He's trying to do hand signals to tell her what happened, you know. They're playing charades. She ends up pregnant. She's thinking God is up to something. But now Mary has walked in my door, and the baby within me jumps. Something is happening. God is up to something in this moment. Morgan and Malachi just read these words, but let's just read them one more time together tonight. Luke tells the story this way. Mary walks in the door. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary these words. God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your grief, because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Oh, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. When Mary walks in, she feels the baby inside of her jump, and somehow in that moment, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And my guess is, is that years later, when Elizabeth was looking back on this day, when she was remembering this moment, she's probably thinking, I don't know how in the world that happened. I don't know where those words came from. Somehow the Spirit of God came upon Elizabeth in this moment, and she was speaking to Mary as the Spirit of God was speaking through her. And if that's true, and if that's happened, then what happens in this moment is significant because Elizabeth says these words in this God moment, Mary, you are blessed. Why? Because you believed. You believed. You believed that God would do everything that he said he would do. You believed. Mary had come to celebrate Elizabeth's pregnancy. Mary had come for confirmation, validation, and maybe some wise counsel from her, her older cousin Elizabeth to, to help her know what to do in these days that were ahead because the future was uncertain. And now in this moment, she receives a blessing from Elizabeth through the Spirit of God. As Elizabeth says to Mary, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are blessed because you believed. And then Mary says these words that Morgan read, and we sang together. And I want you to hear Mary's response one more time. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. 
for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones, and he has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his children forever. Mary's response in the middle of this moment, worship. Her decision to rejoice. And here's why I think that is so incredibly profound. Because it was just a few days before that Mary received a visit from the angel Gabriel. And now she's standing in the living room of Zechariah and Elizabeth's home. And somehow over the past few days, the Holy Spirit has come upon Mary and now inside of her is the Son of God. That's what we believe. That she's carrying this child. She walks into the room and Elizabeth feels it. And calls her blessed because she believed. But don't lose sight of the timeline here. Mary is still not really sure how this is going to work out. She gets that visit and she goes right to Elizabeth's home. We don't know if Joseph knows yet. In fact, we're going to find out in the very next verse that Mary is going to stay there at the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth for the next three months. Think about that. It's entirely possible that Joseph doesn't find out that Mary is pregnant until she's past her first trimester. It's entirely possible that her parents have no idea that she's carrying a child until she's going into, going into her fourth month. Mary literally has no idea what the future holds, how this is going to work out. Is Joseph going to accept her when he sees her and she shows up and she is showing? Is Joseph going to be okay with this? Is she going to end up divorced? Is she going to end up shamed? Is she going to end up rejected? Is she going to go home to Nazareth and have to turn around and come right back to the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth and live with them for the rest of her life? She has no idea. Her future is unbelievably uncertain. The road ahead is unbelievably unclear. But in the middle of all the uncertainty, in the middle of the tension that's rising, Mary chose to believe. And Mary chose to respond in worship. She chose to rejoice. And I think there's something there for me and you tonight. Because I, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're in the middle of it right now or maybe you've been there or we all know it's, it's coming. This is just the way life works. What do you do when you're in the middle of the uncertainty. If we were to, to pass out the boards tonight and play bingo with your life, and I were to stand up here with some great big bingo card and call out all the possible things that could happen to you, and you could put a blue dot on every square as they came out, where would those blue dots fall? Sickness is struck, boom, blue dot. Job loss, blue dot. Don't know how we're going to pay the bills, blue dot. Someone I care about has hurt me, blue dot. My parents are getting divorced, blue dot. 
My parents are aging and dying. You die. I don't know what's going to happen with my kids. You die. I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. Blue dot. I don't know where I'm going to be living next month. Blue dot. And then what about these? Chose to hope in God even though I didn't know what was going to happen next. Blue dot. Just turned up the radio and sang songs of praise as loud as I could even though the walls were crumbling down around me. Blue dot. Decided to go to church even though it was all I could do to get out of bed today because I'm just that low. Blue dot. Decided to believe in the word of God and the promises of God even though it feels like God is a million miles away. Blue dot. Kept praying even though it feels like No one is listening. Blue dot. Here's what I think Mary can teach us tonight. Is that even in the middle of your uncertainty, even when you're not sure. Response. There is a way for us to keep believing in the word of God and to keep rejoicing in the presence of God. That even when we don't know what's around the next corner or what's going to happen in the next three months or six months or nine months, even if we don't know how the story is going to go, even when the tension is rising and we're not at all guaranteed that our life is going to work out like a Hallmark movie and that everyone's going to live happily ever after, that even in those moments in life, if we can follow the example of Mary, we can do the same and we can believe. We can keep believing in the words of God and we can keep rejoicing in the presence of God. Church, if you would, let's, let's stand together tonight. Tonight, this is how we want to end. Hopefully, you got a candle when you walked in the room tonight. In a moment, the lights are going to dim, and our worship team is going to lead us in a couple of songs. And there's a few people scattered with with lighters, and they'll start the chain, and we want to light our candles and pass that light from one person to the next. And as we do, what I want to ask you to do as we enter into this moment What I want to ask you to do, especially if you're in the middle of an uncertain time right now, but really what I want all of us to do is to light our candles and to lift those candles. And tonight, as a profession of faith, as a profession of belief, I want us to to raise those candles believing together. I want us to raise those candles rejoicing together. I want us to lift those candles with this thought and this idea that we, we, we lift a light that represents the light of the world who came and entered into our world. A light that came and entered into our darkness. And tonight, even if we're in the middle of uncertainty, we can raise those candles and we can raise that light 
And tonight, together, we can sing believing. Tonight, together, we can sing rejoicing. Because Jesus has come, and we do know how the story ends. One day, we will gather, and you won't need a candle to light the room, because the light of his presence will fill every corner, every shadow, every crevice of every place. And in that moment, we will sing believing, and we will sing rejoicing, because light has come.